been blessed to see this family walk like that and encourage people like that. And then I found out not only was she a woman of character, but she also had been leading in her church for some years and preaches the gospel. So thank you to one of our church members, no, no point in her out, Sarah, for reminding me that uh, Sister Lindsay encourages folks in the gospel. And today, would you join me in praying for our sister as she preaches God's word? Lord, we thank you for Lindsay as she comes forward. We thank you for what you've done in her leading up to this point. Not simply the study and the preparation for how she's going to encourage the saints. We're thankful for the spirit of love that you've placed in her. God, you have cleaned her heart and made her new, and she gets to reflect you. So today as she brings your word, may you be reflected ultimately, God, and people see you. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, well, I want to start this morning just by thanking you guys for being you. Um, we lived most of our Detroit life on the west side of Detroit, and we're still fairly new to this side of town. We've just been over here the last couple of years. Um, and let me tell you, the Mac people run thick over here on this side of town. <laughs> Every time I turn around, I'm, I'm being blessed by a member of your community. And um, over the last couple of months, as I've just been asking the Lord, what does he have on his heart for you this morning? Every time I've sat down um, with the word to prepare for today, it would start with gratitude. And I just started thinking through person after person after person after person. Um, some of you in this room who our family's gotten to know, um, some of your family members who aren't here today, but who've just greatly enriched our life. And um, the Lord even used your community just to confirm the, the, the property that we bought over here, our, our new home and the farm that we're starting. Um, but I was realizing this week, like, man, the, the richness of life that we've been experiencing over here is not just because we got some more land or a little bigger house for the kids, um, but it's because we're surrounded by the people of God. And it feels like, um, it literally feels to me like the air over here is a little bit lighter, like it's a little bit easier to breathe. And that's not a physical reality. It's not because y'all have some more trees pumping out more oxygen. <laughs> it's because you carry the light of Christ inside of you, and that light begins to add up. And we know that darkness still abounds, but the light in you is great. And I just want you to know, as someone who's not necessarily a part of this household of faith, like your presence makes a difference. And I can say that from coming from a different neighborhood in Detroit that did not have an active church. It's very different over here, and I give the God of our Lord Jesus inside of y'all most of the credit for that, okay? So thank you for, for um, allowing us to join you. My kids were excited all week to come to Mac Church. They've been a part of the sports and the Spring Hill camp, and they got all kinds of friends up in here. I think they were mostly excited to come see their friends, not necessarily to hear me preach. But <laughs> um, as I've been asking the Father, um, what's on your heart? for your people at Mac. I very clearly keep hearing him say, I've spread a table for you in the presence of your enemies. 
And I love this theme that he's weaving for us this morning, first from what Pastor Leon shared and then Pastor Kay. But he spread a table for us in the presence of your enemies. Um, a lot of you are going to recognize this line from Psalm 23. It's probably one of the most familiar passages of scripture in the Bible. Many of you probably even have it memorized. Um, but I want to encourage you today to come to the word of God with um, no prior judgments. All right. We know that the word of God is inexhaustible, that it's full of power and life, that no matter how many times we hear it, it can speak something fresh and new to us. It has the power to transform us. Right. So, Holy Spirit, we just receive your word today. We ask that you would breathe fresh life into us as we take up your word once again. Um, so I've prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. The first thing that stands out to me about this line is you have to know this is a war scene. This picture is a war scene. If your enemy is present and in the room, you're at battle. Like things are not okay. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm thinking about enemies and they're all the way over there. It's like your enemies in your presence we're at war. And usually when people are at war, we're not kicking back and enjoying a barbecue, right? Like usually when you're at war, it's all hands on deck. We're in survival mode. We're doing whatever we got to do to fight, 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 go, go, go. From what little I know about real war, the only eating that soldiers are doing is maybe to pull a, an MRE out of their backpack. You kids probably don't know what an MRE is, do you? M stands for meals, R stands for ready, and eat stand, E stands for eat. Meals ready to eat. All right, so think of a foil packet with some mushy, dehydrated enchiladas that are supposed to last like three years, and you're supposed to be able to eat them without warming them up or anything. Nasty, right? <laughs> like, maybe if you're in the middle of war and you're starving, it might, you might be grateful. But most of us aren't like choosing to eat that on the regular, right? So, but this is, this is not the picture that the Lord paints for us in Scripture. That's not the picture he's painting for us. Instead, he's spreading a table for us in the presence of our enemies, so I want you to imagine the Father, the mighty God, with one strong arm is holding back the enemy so that you can sit and eat. And with his other strong, mighty arm, he is literally preparing the food for you himself. He's spreading the table. He's giving you the security to sit and eat, and he himself is ready to nourish you. I don't know about um, the rest of you all. I don't know what your week was like, but we had a real intense week over at the Ambi House. <laughs> okay? Um, we have a 15-year-old foster son who just enrolled at Southeastern this week, so we were getting him back to school. The rest of our kids are homeschooled, and we're not starting until next week because I need an extra week. So we had books coming in and curriculum packages arriving every day, and our homeschool closet where we keep everything organized was a disaster because I hadn't walked in there since May. And it's just that time of year when there's so much to do, right? We have a huge garden. It seems like everything got ripe this week, and it all needs harvested right now. So I'm up late trying to freeze stuff and can stuff. And um, 
Over at our church, we're trying to recruit more people so we can have enough helpers for kids ministry. And somebody thought it was a good idea to do the biggest outreach of the year next week. And I'm like, there's so many things going on right now. It's that transition time, that season of transition, right? Lots of new things starting. And then, I don't know about the rest of you Michiganders, but there's like that panic that sets in at the end of August. You're like, oh, shoot, summer really is almost over. I got to hurry up and get in the sun as much as I can. What pools are still open? Like, let's get to Belle Isle. We got we to gotta soak up every last minute of August and the first weekend of September that we can, right? So I'm, I'm in the middle of doing too much this week and um, hopping in the shower, worked up, feeling a little anxious, just there's so much responsibility, like pressure kind of piling on. And, oh, and I forgot to say, in the middle of all that, we got a call from our foster care agency this week asking us to take another 17-year-old boy. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with the foster care process, like, it's a good idea, you know, pray with your spouse, talk to each of your kids. We had to talk to our 15-year-old, like, you want to share your room with a stranger, you know. So it takes a minute to figure out if you can say yes or not. And by the time we all said yes, they must have found somebody else for him. But it was still like, was a big 48 hour. We thought our whole lives were about to change in the middle of the week, okay? So I'm hopping in the shower and I hear the Lord say to me, I want you to practice sitting at the table in the presence of your enemies. And my first thought was, you want me to practice what I'm about to preach? <laughs> I see what you did there, Lord. He's like, yeah, I want you to practice sitting at the table in the presence of your enemies. And so I'm like, okay, I take a deep breath, and I'm trying to imagine this table that God spread out, and I just heard the Holy Spirit say, anxiety is not what I'm serving today. Anxiousness is not on the table. There's a lot of things on the table, but anxiousness isn't one of them. I said, okay, Lord, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And so I began to ask him, what is on the table of the Lord? Um, what is on this table, Father, that you're spreading for us? And I, I do believe it's wise to take scripture in context, right? So I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 23, um, and we're going to see in the rest of this psalm um, what kind of table the Lord is spreading for us. So it begins with that so familiar, and that's who we get to say, that's my shepherd. That's my master. And because he's my shepherd, what's the next line of the psalm? I lack nothing. I lack nothing. So this table that he's spreading for us in the presence of our enemies is an abundant table. There's abundance on this table because he is a good shepherd. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. There's a lot of this um, psalm that gets kind of lost on us in 2023, especially like living in the city, okay? Because most of us haven't raised sheep. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but taking a nap in a, in a soft green pasture with the warm sun and a breeze on your face sounds kind of nice. Like, why would somebody need to make me do that? Um, but I learned this week that sheep actually won't lay down if they're afraid, if they have um, uh, tension, in, if there's tension in the flock, maybe a couple sheep aren't getting along. They won't lay down if um, parasites or flies are bothering them. 
and they won't lay down if they're hungry. So a good shepherd knows how to get rid of the pests, knows how to help the relationship of his sheep and the flock, knows how to um, keep his flock from being hungry, and uh, knows how to calm their fears so that they will lay down and rest. What happens to us people? We can have all the outward appearances of rest, right? Like we can have our our cold soda and our umbrella and have our feet up at the beach. Like we can look like we're relaxing and having a good time. But if our hearts are empty or there's strain in in our marriage or if we are worried about something, like we're not really resting, are we? So we have a shepherd who's able to take care of all those things, and he's the one who's able to give us true rest. So this table that he's spreading before us has true rest on it. Not just the contrived rest, like the world says you need a vacation in the Bahamas. The father's like, I mean, a vacation in the Bahamas is nice, but like you need me there in the Bahamas (laughs) for it really to be resting says he leads us beside quiet waters. Some other translations will say still waters. Um, have you guys ever felt wool when it gets wet? So this past winter, I decided to go on Facebook Marketplace and buy a sheepskin to cover the couch in our living room. It's a little old and kind of flat. And, but when I picked this thing up, I realized it smelled kind of gross. And so, like, I got to figure out how to clean this thing. I go online. Turns out if you use some baking soda and some water, it might help. So I'm in the bathtub scrubbing this thing out, and I realize sheep wool gets extremely heavy when it gets wet. And I'm a lot stronger than I look, okay? I'm a farm girl. Um, I could not lift this thing up. I had to go get, call my husband, and we were both in the bathtub, like struggling to lift this wet sheepskin off the bathtub floor so we could heave it over a chair to get it to dry. It also took like four days to drive, so don't recommend washing sheepskins unless you're desperate, okay? Um, my point in telling you all of this is it's really important for sheep to drink from still water. Rushing water is dangerous for them. If their wool gets wet, it's going to become heavy, and that rushing water can throw off their balance, and a sheep can actually drown in rushing water really easily because they won't have the strength to get back up with that heavy coat on them. A good shepherd knows this. Like, he he leads me to quiet waters isn't just a nice romantic thought, you know? oh, that sounds peaceful. Like, it's really practical, actually. (laughs) The shepherd is kind. He's kind, and that's on his table. There's kindness on the table of the Lord. Just like you would not take a toddler to a fire hydrant for a drink, okay? The Lord's not going to lead you (laughs) to Niagara Falls for a drink, okay? Um, The good shepherd refreshes our souls, He restores our souls. The Hebrew here here means it. He brings us to repentance. Are our souls grimy, slimy, cruddy, muddy? Like he's prepared to clean us up. There's forgiveness on the table of the Lord and healing on the table of the Lord. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness is like a fancy church word for right relating. Did you know that? When someone explained that to me, it changed the way I read scripture. Righteousness means right relating. So in all of your relationships, there is a right way to navigate them. And guess what? There is no one in this room that knows how to do that perfectly. And there is no amount of laws that can tell you how to rightly navigate every single moment of every single relationship. You need a good shepherd to guide you on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There's guidance on the table of the Lord. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Evil is going to be present. It's not like maybe it'll be there. It will be present. We all feel it living here. Awful things happening all the time. But we don't have to fear, not because we have the answers and we've got it figured out, but because the good shepherd is here with us. And he's leading us through this valley. It's not our destination. This is not our home. He's leading us through right? And there's comfort and hope on the table of the Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So some, there's some debate between scholars about whether the rod and the staff were two different things or, or two different sides of the same instrument. But either way, the rod was for protecting the sheep from the bad guys, namely the coyotes and the wolves and the cougars, all right? So he's got this rod to beat the wild animals away. And the staff is the, the gentler side, but it's for corralling the sheep that want to wander away. Sheep are notorious for being, I just have to say it, for being really stupid and wandering away constantly, okay? So the staff side is for pulling them back in. There's protection and correction <clears throat> on the table of the Lord. And I just, I'll get, I'll get to this again in a minute, but some of those might not be your most favorite dishes to pile your plate high with, but we need them on the table for a complete meal, right? So here at the table of the Lord, he anoints our head with oil. So at the time when this psalm was written, we don't really do this right now when people come over for dinner, but on special occasions, special guests, you'd bring out the bottle of oil and you'd refresh them. You'd anoint their head with oil to show them, you're welcome to my home. I treat you with honor. I'm so glad you're here. You're special to me. This was a way of showing honor and dignity. That's the kind of table that God spreads for us. It's not just a like, here kids, here's some macaroni and cheese, eat up quick and go do your chores. He's like, he's spreading a banquet for us and honoring us as the guests. What kind of God do we serve? Like, we should be the ones making a banquet for him, right? He's the guest of honor, right? And yet, he is, is one who gives dignity and one who gives honor at his table. And our cup overflows. So he's giving generously. My cup's not just filled, it's spilling over. It's overflowing. There's generosity on the table of the Lord. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So I was thinking about this verse this week. I thought, what if we really took this literally? Have you stopped and thought to yourself before you walked in somewhere, like maybe before you walk in the office to work, like goodness and mercy or goodness and steadfast love have got my back. Maybe I'm about to walk into a situation I'm really not looking forward to, where I'm afraid I'm going to be judged or I'm not going to know what I need to know to handle this situation. Goodness and steadfast love are following me in the door. Have you thought about that? It hit me in a different way this week. And then the last line of the psalm, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I get to live in his house. Guys, in 36 years of of following Jesus and being a pastor's kid and hearing this psalm 100 times, it never occurred to me, the Lord is letting sheep live in his house. I mean, we usually think sheep belong in a barn, right? Like, it could be a nice barn, but, like, there should be straw and there should be a tin roof and they should be with the other animals, right? Like, that's where sheep deserve to be. And yet we have this shepherd, king of the earth. The earth is my footstool. The heavens are his throne. And he says, come on, sheep, you get to live in my house. That's the, that's the weight of the father's affection for us. That one really caught me off guard this week. There's eternal belonging at the table of the Lord. Eternal access to his presence. A forever home. I don't know how many of you like long for home. Or maybe you felt like you never really belonged somewhere. But there's belonging and home at the table of the Lord. So this is quite a table that he spreads for us. Abundance, true rest, kindness, healing, forgiveness, comfort, hope, protection, correction, dignity, goodness, steadfast love, eternal belonging. Like, does that sound like a pretty solid feast? Yeah. And I know a few, at least a few of you are probably thinking this all sounds very poetical. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> um. So first of all, I think if we're discontent or we find ourselves um, bitter about something, angry, frustrated, anxious, worried, exhausted, there's a pretty solid chance that we haven't been sitting at the Lord's table. There's all kinds of negative, lustful, even morbid, messages that are kind of coming at us constantly in this life and we take those messages and we remix them and we play them over and over and over in the sacred places of our imaginations and they don't produce any good thing so sitting and feasting at the table of the lord first of all means i'm ingesting truth and then i'm dwelling on truth Like I'm putting the truth in my mouth and I'm actually chewing it and swallowing it. That's what I'm taking in. Taking God's word into our ears and into our mind and then consciously focusing on his reality 
which it looks a lot different than these temporal facts of our life. It means taking control of what we listen to, what we choose to read, what we choose to watch, what we choose to have conversations about, what we choose to let roll around in our minds while we're driving or doing the dishes or showering. It means asking the Lord his opinion in the middle of our day and, and then fully expecting that he's going to answer with his opinion. Second of all, sitting at the table of the Lord takes time. It takes a lot of time. This could be a whole sermon in and of itself, okay? Um, what the passage that we read today did not say is the Lord has constructed a fast food drive through for you in the presence of your enemies so that you can get a quick and easy meal and get back to hustling. That's not, that's not what the psalm we just read says, <laughs> okay? If a feast has been prepared, it's not something you can rush through. It's something you have to enjoy. There was a, a sister um, at our church last week who, who just got up and said, goodness and mercy is following you, but have you, are you moving slow enough that it has time to form you? That hit me all week long. Am I moving slow enough that goodness and steadfast love that are following me can actually, like, keep up with me and actually speak to me? Or am I walking so fast I can't even hear goodness and steadfast love informing my decisions and my life? There's a really awesome book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Changed my life. My husband and I have read it, like, three times already. It's one of those kinds of books. I highly recommend you read it. Ruthless elimination of hurry. Um, it will convict you about the pace of life you're living and how much space and margin you need in your life to actually hear God's voice. Remember, this table that he's spread is in the middle of war. And so I just want to encourage you right now, like it's really important to take time away like Pastor Leon and his family were just able to do. But there's going to be another 11 months where he's not going to be able to get away. And the table's still spread, right? And if you're in a, in a life position right now or a, a career position right now where you're not able to take a long break and, and turn off life, there's still a table spread and you still get to choose to sit down and feast, you know? All of us have a choice of how we spend our time. We allow all kinds of things to interrupt our plans to spend time with God, don't we? We make plans to, to sit down and read his word, and we let all kinds of things interrupt that. Do we let our desire for the word of God interrupt our other plans? I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Do we let our desire for God's presence interrupt our other plans? I had, I had a, a day this week. I was outside doing stuff, and the, the weight of this hit me, and I was like, I just have to stop right now. I'm like out in the yard doing things, and I went to a sunny spot, just got down on my knees. I don't know how long I was there, maybe 30 minutes or an hour. I did think, I really hope nobody walks by right now and asks me if I'm like, okay. Um, 
But I was just, I just I just started singing to Jesus. It's like I'm not I can't I'm not interceding for anybody. I'm not taking notes for the sermon. Um, I'm not you know trying to hear the Lord's voice on some big decision I need to make. I just need to be in the presence of God right now and acknowledge his goodness and remember what he's done for me and be still before him. That was the best part of my week. And you know what? There was a a bunch of things that didn't get done that hour I was supposed to be doing stuff. But right now, I can't even tell you what those things were. That's how important they were. Okay? But I can tell you that that hour was significant in my own heart, and it carried me. And I will tell you that when our, when our um, 15-year-old got home from school that day, an hour later, it was the best two hours I've had with him in a month. I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever the other stuff I was supposed to do, I don't even know. I don't even know what it was. Um, but we have to be willing to just, just stop, put the things aside, and sit at the table of the Lord. It might mean you've got 10 minutes you're sitting in the car waiting for somebody, waiting for your high schooler to get out of school. Like, are you scrolling through Instagram, or can you just sit and be still? You know, or you're frustrated that you're in line at the store because the line's wrapped around and you're like trying to be somewhere and you got to spend 15 minutes waiting in line you weren't expecting to. What an awesome opportunity to start telling God how thankful you are for the many things he's done for you. Or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the work is done for the day. Maybe the kids are in bed. Maybe the homework's finished. Maybe your, your, your job, you can finally sign off on the computer or, or um, people finally stop blowing up your phone and the house is quiet. Like, is Netflix going to give you true rest? There's one person who can give you true rest. What if you sang a simple song to him instead? just told him what you like about him. And the last thing I'll share is, um, and I touched on this earlier, but there might be some dishes on the Lord's table that aren't your favorite, okay? I don't know about you, but I can be guilty of trying to dodge that bowl of correction, right? I'll be like, I'll take extra abundance and um, extra peace, but no, no correction, please, <laughs> Um, all of us are like the kids, right? Trying to pick the veggies off the plate. How many of you either heard from your mama or you've told your kids, like, if you eat it all together, it tastes great, right? And that's how the kindness of God is and his correction. It's a package deal. Like, you can't separate it. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. We don't get to just pick the fun parts of God and dodge his correction of us. Okay? It's, it's all on the table of the Lord. And when you sit down to feast at the table of the Lord, there's going to be a lot of things that make you feel awesome. And there's going to be a few things that make you feel real small. That's okay. You are real small. He's real big. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that perspective is just exactly what you need. Just exactly what you need. So, our encouragement today is there's a table spread for us. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter how hard it is or how bad it is or how thick the evil is, how much the enemy's in your face. The Lord with his mighty hand is holding the enemy back and saying, sit down, 
sit down and get this meal I've made for you. He himself has prepared for you. He doesn't have servants in the back whipping it up. He himself has made the table, and he's put himself on the table. We know that it's, it's him that we feast on, right? It's his body and his blood that he's spilled out for us to redeem us and nourish us for eternity. We get to choose to think about him. We get to make time to enjoy him. And we got to stay at that table long enough for him to make adjustments in our life. I think more than anything else, as I was preparing to come be with you guys this, this morning, I was feeling the love of the Lord for this church community. He loves Mac Church. <laughs> he loves you people. He wants you far more than you can ever want him. He has so much more he wants to do for you. Not just more he wants from you, but more he wants to do for you. If you will just give him some more space and surrender to that invitation. I'm going to invite Pastor Kay to come wrap us up this morning.